Okay, we are on episode two of this podcast. Wow, this is real. This is happening. (laughs) I think I have to take some deep breaths right now, (laughs) but for real, I just have to say I am so glad you're here. Today's episode is all about why you might be self-sabotaging and how to biblically stop it. This topic is truly just so important because I think we have all dealt with this at one time or another. I know I sure have. I know it becomes extremely frustrating when you feel like, okay, I've got this plan and everything seems to be ready to go, but then for one reason or another, this self-sabotaging spiral just rears its ugly head again. So today's episode is all about identifying the root of your self-sabotage and how to biblically stop it. And I know this episode is a bit on the longer side. They won't all be this long, I promise. But this one just really had to be. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now to please finish the episode. Please get through all five reasons you might be self-sabotaging because you might find that you're dealing with one of them or more than one of them, or you could even be dealing with all of them like I was. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hey queen, welcome to Reclaim Terrain. I'm your host, Hannah Brindley, daughter of the king, certified life coach, and faith-fueled business mentor. I know you are so sick of feeling like you've worked so hard in your business with little to no reward while staying in this same cycle of self-sabotaging tendencies you know are keeping you stuck. And because of that, I know you are craving to end this never-ending cycle of self-destruction and cultivate a successful Holy Spirit-led business without letting it become your idol. So if you are ready to be fueled by faith over flesh, fight your battle spiritually instead of physically, take bold action on your God-given callings, and finally create that thriving faith-fueled business, then you're in the right place. Go ahead and reheat your coffee, grab a notebook and pen, and let's dive in. This is one of the first episodes of this show because self-sabotage is something that I have personally struggled with for a very long time, and I know it isn't talked enough about in the entrepreneurial space, especially in the Christian entrepreneurial space. Now, self-sabotage is essentially when we consciously or unconsciously take actions that will, well, you guessed it, sabotage ourselves. But what does self-sabotage actually look like? The truth is it can come up in so many different ways and it really does vary from person to person. But here are some examples that I have personally experienced myself time and time again. So self-sabotage can look like convincing ourselves that we don't have clarity when the truth is that we do, but we keep second-guessing ourselves for one reason or another. It can look like binging on Netflix while feeling guilty we're not doing what we quote-unquote should be doing. It can look like giving into the enemy's temptations again and again. So things like consistently choosing to eat ice cream every night, even though it makes you feel like crap the next day, or even convincing yourself that you'll start your new business strategy on Monday, even though you know very well that you have time to do it now. (laughs) It can look like avoiding or procrastinating on doing an important task that will only take you five minutes. It could look like not showing your face on stories or a video because you don't feel qualified or eloquent or expert or professional enough to speak. 
It can look like having a nudge to step into the Lord's calling, but ignoring it because it might scare people away or you're afraid of being judged because you're not perfect and you don't have it all figured out yet. And it can even look like continuing to snooze your alarm for an hour, even though you promised yourself you would get up and go to the gym and start your new morning routine today. Like I said, self-sabotage can really come up in so many different ways, and this is just a few of the many instances I have personally experienced. So if you resonate with any of these that I just mentioned, please, please, please DM me over on Instagram at Hannah Brindley and let me know which ones you resonated with. It would mean the world to me, just so I know I'm not alone here, but I also want to make sure I offer you some support if you need it, just because I know what it's like to continue to self-sabotage again and again. And now that we know what self-sabotage can actually look like, it's time to dive into the five reasons you might actually be self-sabotaging and how to biblically stop it. Self-sabotage rears its ugly head in so many different ways. We are all truly so different, and it may look different for me than it does for you. However, after working with over 100 women in the last four and a half years, I found that self-sabotage normally stems from one of these five reasons and ultimately winds up being the root of the self-sabotaging behavior. And ideally, if we heal the root, then we can ultimately stop the behavior. Now, the first reason you might be self-sabotaging or the root of your self-sabotage could be because of comfort. Now, before you're like, no, Hannah, like this isn't me, just hear me out. If comfort is one of the reasons you may be self-sabotaging, I have found that there are two really big underlying themes going on that I think is important to share. The first one is a fear of change or a fear of the unknown. You know, I think sometimes we actually subconsciously enjoy being stuck where we are, so we self-sabotage our ability to get to the next step. It's like we feel as if it's easier to stay where we are, and perhaps it is, so you're essentially choosing where you're going to suffer. It's like because this is unknown, your mind is subconsciously like, no, like this is scary. This is going to hurt me. So we continue to stay in our comfort zone. And let me tell you something, confusion and feeling stuck is likely a comfort zone for you. And our comfort zone is our familiar place. We think it's our safe place. So we subconsciously want to stay there. It's like we don't know what to do if we actually know what to do. <laughs> and so this also ties into the second underlying theme of comfort, which is fear of success. What would it actually mean if I became successful? You know, how much work would I actually need to do then if like my dream actually became reality? If my business actually took off and it was my full-time job, what does that actually look like for me? Would I even be able to maintain that level of success? What kind of commitment or responsibility is involved with this? Which in turn goes back to comfort, right? 
It's like you're subconsciously thinking you're comfortable with the level of commitment you have right now. And anything more is scary. So you're subconsciously keeping yourself there. So what's the solution to all this? What's the solution if comfort is one of the reasons you're self-sabotaging? First, I think it's important for you to recognize and realize that you're not actually comfortable. You're still seeking to fill a void in some way, whether it's with Netflix or food or alcohol or relationships or whatever it is. You're still seeking to fill the void and have sanctification and feel whole. But what you're really seeking is true comfort. And the only way you're going to receive that is through the Holy Spirit. He is the ultimate comforter. Now, this can come up in so many different ways, like as we discussed, but if the reason you're self-sabotaging is because of comfort or one of the reasons you're self-sabotaging, because it could be more than one, what does that actually look like? Now, if you're being driven by comfort to self-sabotage, it can appear in so many different forms and ways, but it could look like you feeling like you don't have clarity or you're stuck but you actually do and you're just not taking the action and you keep trying to tell yourself like, hey, like I don't have clarity. It's like once you get clarity, you go back to not having clarity and it's like you're in this vicious cycle. I've seen this time and time and time again and I've done it. I don't know how many times. Another way this could appear is if you are constantly seeking to numb out. Um, So whether that looks like, you know, you're binging Netflix like crazy or you go and try to drown out your feelings or thoughts or emotions with alcohol or food or ice cream or whatever that looks like, you know, it's all about just kind of like numbing yourself and ultimately seeking comfort. So what's the solution for this? You know, first of all, I think you actually have to realize and recognize and verbally acknowledge that you're not comfortable. You know, you're still seeking to fill a void in some way. So whether it's with Netflix, food, alcohol, relationships, like you're still seeking to fill the void and have ultimate satisfaction and fill whole. But what you're really seeking is true comfort. And the only way you're going to receive that is through the Holy Spirit because he is the ultimate comforter. There is absolutely nothing you can do in this physical world that will provide you eternal comfort. That's why the feeling you're craving by numbing yourself out with food or alcohol or binging on TV actually gives you a dopamine hit for the duration of the activity but it makes you feel worse in the long run. This is literally the enemy and your flesh deceiving you into believing that those things are going to bring you comfort. And you have probably associated procrastinating with comfort. You know, and he has probably also deceived you into subconsciously believing this lie that doing the things to get to the next level are going to make you get out of your comfort zone and hence will make you very uncomfortable and will ultimately never bring you the true comfort you're craving. But nothing in this physical world will bring you the kind of comfort you're craving. 
So to overcome this form of self-sabotage is to take this lie captive, this lie that essentially you have been associating procrastination and staying stuck with comfort. (laughs) We have to take that lie and turn it into the truth with a capital T, okay? Truth with a capital T. So to do that, we're going to use scripture to turn these lies into truth. Now, I'm about to spit out some scripture to you, so if you want to make a note of the verses, please do so. I highly recommend taking these verses, memorizing them, and using them in a battle plan on a daily basis to fight the enemy. The first verse I have for you here is John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. 2 Corinthians 1.5 For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Colossians 2.10 And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Proverbs 18.9 One who is slack in his work is brother to those who destroys. Proverbs 21.17 Whoever loves pleasure will become poor. Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never be rich. Now, like I mentioned, I highly recommend writing these verses down and using them, proclaiming them out loud every day, because you know what? The enemy is constantly trying to get us down and constantly trying to keep us from living out the calling God has put on our lives. So make sure that you are using scripture to fight back because that's truly how we are going to break through spiritual warfare and self-sabotage. Now, in addition to scripture, I do have some practical steps and tools that you can use if you are struggling with comfort. Now, the three different practical steps you can take are fasting, setting boundaries, or replacing, okay? Now, I'm going to walk through the three different steps with one specific example just so you can get a feel for what this can look like. So the example I'm going to use is if binging Netflix is your comfort. So for the first one, if Netflix is your comfort, you could fast. And perhaps that's what the Lord is calling you to do. You could fast from Netflix. Okay, that is one thing that you can do. Now, I do want to note here, okay, I know I said I was going to stick to one example, but if you are feeling like you need to fast from food, you know, please consult your doctor first. I just wanted to make that note. Also, for me personally, fasting from food can be 
very triggering due to yo-yo dieting as I was growing up. So if this is you, this may not be the best thing for you, or maybe it is, I don't know, but just make sure you consult with both the Holy Spirit and a doctor if that's a route you want to pursue. But in terms of like binging on Netflix, like if that's your comfort, go ahead and fast. Maybe it's a week or maybe it's just three days, right? It doesn't have to be something super extensive, but just enough to get you started and help you pour back into the Lord. And so in terms of fasting, it's really important that we replace that thing we're using for comfort with Jesus. So whether that is with prayer, scripture, worship, I just wanted to say that because it's not just about fasting, it's about replacing, which actually goes hand in hand with the third step, but it is about replacing as well. Now, the second step you can take is setting boundaries, okay? So here's the thing. If your comfort is Netflix and say you typically watch like four or five episodes a day, but you know like you need to cut back, maybe start with just watching like one to two episodes a day, right? But I do think it's important to consult with Holy Spirit first. Maybe he really is wanting you to cut the whole thing out. Or maybe he, you know, thinks it's like totally okay and you can just watch an episode a day. I don't know. This is up to you. This is between you and him. But that is something that you can do is just set boundaries instead of just totally restricting this. And in terms of food, you know, I really just want to make a note here. Same thing. Like, please consult your doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. And cutting foods out is, again, it can be very triggering for me. So just keep in mind that if you are wanting to do something with food, like an idea could be a very small fast. So instead of like a 24 hour fast, it could be like three hours or six hours. I don't know. Um, or it could even look like, you know, instead of cutting out like all food or beverages, it could look like cutting out like soda for a day or two. So basically if fasting is just too much, too fast, setting boundaries is a really great tool to utilize. Now, the third thing that you can do is replace, okay? So essentially, you want to replace the connection that you have with this thing that's giving you comfort, with this pleasurable emotion that you are having by seeking comfort from this thing, okay? So basically, instead of watching Netflix, replace it with digging into the word or praying, right? And associate that with comfort. And maybe what you do is you make a really warm and cozy beverage. Like you turn on the fireplace, you play some really like calming music, or maybe you go and take a bath and you bring your Bible into the bathtub, right? Like make this comforting, not this task that you just have to do. That's not going to serve him or you. Now, since I guess because I've already talked about food in the other two, I'm going to go ahead and mention it here as well. If gorging on ice cream is like your guilty pleasure here or like going and getting Chinese food or something, I don't know. Instead of doing those things, maybe replace that time or 
that space with prayer and digging into the word. And again, not a nutritionist here, but something that also works for me in terms of food is that if I can just shift my perspective of like, okay, I'm cutting this thing out. Like if I can like take that verbiage out and I can replace that with the perspective of, I want to eat more vegetables at every meal to get more nutrients in my body. It actually helps me reduce the amount of the other inflammatory foods that I consume. So ultimately, it shifts my perspective. You know, I'm not eliminating something from my diet. I'm just trying to add in more nutrients to my diet. And that has been very, very helpful for me. So when you're dealing with self-sabotaging behaviors and tendencies or these habits that you want to shift or change, it's very important to link that with something that replaces that behavior. And then of course, the final thing that I wanted to mention here in terms of comfort and how to biblically get to the root of that is through prayer. Pray for God to give you the desire to overcome your idol of comfort and to prompt you to pray whenever you are tempted. I know firsthand that if comfort is the root of your self-sabotaging behavior, it can be very difficult to even have the desire to want to overcome it. So pray for the Lord to give you that desire and to help you overcome your idol of comfort, okay? Pray for that. Pray and use scripture to fight your battles because this is exactly what Jesus did when he was tempted against the enemy in the wilderness. So let's move on to the second reason you might be self-sabotaging. And I know this is something you have probably heard time and time again, and it's for good reason because I know so many women deal with this. And the second reason is perfectionism. Now, this probably comes to you at no surprise, and I don't even think I need to share really what perfectionism is, but I do want to speak to it just a little bit. Now, perfectionism usually shows up as procrastination. It shows up as pressure. It shows up as you know, you just wanting to take control over situations and do things in your own power and not letting God take control of the situation. It can also show up as analysis paralysis. And this is essentially when you feel as if you know all the things. And once you make the decision to do it all, you know you're going to be successful. But what happens is that you're almost like afraid to move forward because you don't want to set yourself up for disappointment if you don't do it right the first time. Like it has to be right so you don't do it at all because you start analyzing everything and getting really overwhelmed. This is procrastination due to perfectionism. So what's the solution to this? You know, like with the very first reason, I want to talk about the practical solutions and also the spiritual solutions. Now, I want to hit on the practical first this time. And the very first thing that I think is so important in terms of perfectionism is to focus on one thing at a time. 
okay? I think so often if we're trying to be perfect and we're struggling with perfectionism, we are constantly seeking answers. We are constantly consuming all the information. We know all the Instagram strategies. We know we got to get on YouTube and we got to do SEO and like all these things. And then all of a sudden you've got this elaborate launch plan with all of these steps that's just super overwhelming and truly not necessary that you end up not doing any of it, okay? And you keep staying stuck for one reason or another. And the truth is that if you put your focus on just one thing, you're going to stop splitting up your energy and actually see more results in that one thing than if you were to do all the things. I just want to remind you, if you see someone doing all the things, they probably have a team of people helping them, okay? So just remember, focus on one thing, one thing at a time, one foot in front of the other, one focus. Don't let your energy be all over the place because I promise that's like a one-way ticket to Scatterbrain City. So again, one focus at a time, one platform, one offer, Like your mind will thank you. I promise you that. So let's talk about the spiritual solutions. So again, we have to turn these lies that we are telling ourselves into truth. So go ahead and get a notebook and pen or your notes app on your phone and make sure you write down these scriptures to remember and use them every day for a spiritual battle. So the very first verse I have for you is Mark 10, 27. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it is impossible, but not with God for all things are possible with God. Galatians 3, 3 says, and by the way, this is one of my favorites. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? So good. (laughs) The next one is Ecclesiastes 11.4. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Galatians 6.9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. James 4.11 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Oof, that's a good one too. Now our next spiritual solution is to pray, right? So in terms of perfectionism, I think it's really important to pray for God to give you the courage to obey him when he is telling you to go and do and for him to help give you the ability to overcome your flesh and try to control things yourself. Hey queen, I know you're an ambitious faith-fueled female entrepreneur ready to take your life and business to the next level, but you keep getting stuck. You think you just need the next strategy or you think you just need to get motivated again, or you think you just have this lack of self-discipline, or you think you just haven't found the right people to buy, or you think you just need more clarity. But do you wanna know the real problem? You're so focused on yourself. And the truth is that you know you need to focus on Jesus. It's time to partner with him in your business. It's time to fight your battles spiritually instead of physically. 
It's time to hear from God and let Him take the reins. It's time to turn the lies the enemy keeps feeding you into the truth the Lord meant for you. And if you're feeling some type of way right now, then the Reclaim to Reign membership might be for you. And by the way, you can get access to this membership right now for a founder's rate, meaning this is the lowest the investment will ever be. Just keep in mind that the founder's rate expires on April 6, 2022. This membership is your go-to resource for a loving and supportive community of Christian female entrepreneurs paired with a faith-fueled framework and devotional experience strategically designed to help you further dive into God's word, cultivate a deeper relationship with him, and overcome the spiritual battles you're fighting against the enemy that have been keeping you stuck in your life and business. Inside of this revolutionary membership, you will find yourself fully equipped with all the support, prayer, and accountability you could ever need to break through your self-sabotaging tendencies and stand firm in the battle against the enemy. I know the Lord has put a calling on your heart, and I know you know He has a great purpose for that calling, and He has chosen you to be the vessel for it. But you keep getting stuck for one reason or another, and it usually boils down to self-sabotage. You experience self-sabotage in a multitude of ways like lack of discipline or motivation, procrastination and perfectionism, imposter syndrome and comparisonitis, fear of failure and fear of success, unworthiness and insecurity, people-pleasing and fear of rejection, and the list could go on. Have you ever thought that self-sabotaging tendencies like this have everything to do with what's happening in the spiritual realm as opposed to what's happening in the physical realm? It's time to get to the root of the problem. Let the Holy Spirit fully guide you in your life and business and stop listening to the lies the enemy continues to whisper in your ear. If you are feeling a Holy Spirit nudge right now, go ahead and head on over to www.hannahbrindley.com membership to learn more about the membership and secure your spot. And don't forget that the founder's rate expires on April 6th, 2022. I cannot wait to see you inside. Okay, so the third reason you might be self-sabotaging is unworthiness. Now, I know that this is a really hot topic in today's society, but again, I really think it's important that you bear with me here. So how does unworthiness show up in self-sabotage? It can often show up like imposter syndrome, which is essentially you feeling like an imposter or a fraud. It can look like comparison or jealousy or even resentfulness or giving into feelings of defeat and hopelessness. And then this can look like just you not wanting to show your face on camera because you don't feel like an expert or eloquent enough or you just feel ashamed or guilty for some reason. It can look like having a nudge to step into the Lord's calling it, but then ignoring it because you don't think you have it all figured out yet. You know, there are so many ways unworthiness can show up. Those are just for a few, but really what I'm about to share with you was very life-changing for me. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. Like this actually was very life-changing. So here it is. It's really important to recognize that these unhealthy feelings of unworthiness come into play when we are putting our focus on ourselves instead of putting our focus on Jesus. 
But what do I mean by unhealthy feelings of unworthiness? I mean that biblically speaking, we are unworthy. We're actually not deserving. We're not good enough despite what the world keeps saying. And so by continuing to look at ourselves because we are unworthy, these self-sabotaging tendencies will continue to come up. However, if we take our eyes off of ourselves and off of the world and put our eyes on Jesus and seek him first above all things, that unhealthy feeling of unworthiness disappears and is replaced by humbleness and freedom because you're being released of the bondage the enemy has kept you stuck in. Because right now, the enemy is making you believe that you have the power to change this unworthiness about yourself and trying to get you to claim control, but really the only one who's in control right now is God. And all the enemy is doing is keeping you separated from him. God already knew when he sent his perfect son to die for us that we weren't worthy, that we were undeserving, that we weren't good enough. But he still did it anyways because he loves us. And that's the most freeing and humbling thing in the world. So what I'm saying is, It's important to reframe your perspective of unworthiness. God already knew you were unworthy and there's nothing you can do in this physical world to change that. However, when you put your eyes on Jesus instead of yourself, Holy Spirit will flow through you and will equip you for whatever it is the Lord is calling you to do. So the practical solution here. I guess it's not really super practical, but it is. It's to look at Jesus, okay? Recognize your feelings of unworthiness and reframe them. And really, truly look at Jesus. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and letting these thoughts run wild. Literally get into the scripture and pray. And I do have some scripture here for you to write down and recall and remember and proclaim when these feelings, these unhealthy feelings of unworthiness take over because you're going to use them as a battle plan to fight against the enemy. So here they are. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isaiah 64, 8. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are the work of your hand. Psalm 139, verse 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Psalm 46, 5. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
And then, of course, we've got to talk about the other spiritual solution, which is prayer. Pray for God to continue to flow through you and equip you for your calling. That you recognize how powerful he is and to help you put your eyes on him instead of yourself. Pray that he gives you the courage to obey despite your feelings of insecurity and in the process, ask him to heal your heart and find worthiness and security in him alone. Now, the fourth reason you may be self-sabotaging is due to fear of man. Now, fear of man is more commonly known as people-pleasing. And I want to be honest with you. I didn't think I had this problem. (laughs) I've never really felt like I was a people-pleaser until quite recently once I recognized that there are actually a couple of underlying themes to people-pleasing and the fear of man. Now, these two main themes are fear of judgment and fear of rejection or abandonment. But how do these show up? You know, again, I think this is something that can show up in so many different ways. But to keep this simple, it could look like comparison. It could look like resentfulness, jealousy, or scrolling Instagram for hours and looking at other people in your industry or thinking that there's too many people doing what you're doing or thinking someone from high school may judge you or not actually showing up and doing the thing because you're afraid someone's going to make fun of you or disagree with you or have a snarky remark to something that you say or even being afraid of success to where you don't want to show up online because you're afraid of trolls commenting on your posts. It could even look like fear of disappointing clients or people following you or customers. It can look like so many different things, but I found that this is actually one of the roots for many people. Now, before we dive into solutions regarding fear of man, I wanted to share a couple of quotes from different people that I found to really resonate with me. So the first quote is by Paul Chapel, and it's, fear of man is the enemy of the fear of the Lord. The fear of man pushes us to perform for man's approval rather than according to God's directives. That hit so hard for me that I just had to share it. And the next one is from Oswald Chambers. The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. That one hit home too. So I had to share. And I have one final quote that I want to end with, and it is from John Witherspoon. It is only the fear of God that can deliver us from the fear of man. Whoa. (laughs) That is some truth right there, which is why (laughs) I'm going now into the solution. And ultimately, the solution 
is spiritual. The solution is to fear God, which means we have to put our eyes on God. Are you seeing a theme here? (laughs) I have some practical steps for most of these, right? But really at the end of the day, the underlying theme to all of this is to take our eyes off of ourselves and to put it on to Jesus, okay? Like that is the solution. How freeing is that? It is so freeing. It's not this crazy 15-step thing that we've got to do. It's literally looking at Jesus. That is it. So here are some verses for you to recall and proclaim and use in your battle plan on a daily basis. Proverbs 29, 25 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Isaiah 51, 12 says, I, yes, I am the one who comforts you. Who are you that you are so afraid of humans who will die, descendants of mere men who have been made like grass? Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hebrews 13, 6 says, Hence, we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Romans 8.31 says, what can we say about all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then, of course, we must also pray. That is a weapon that we have too. Pray that he helps you overcome your desire to please people and replace it with a desire to please him and him alone. Pray that he heals your heart of any rejection and abandonment you have dealt with in the past and to help you forgive those people and to not let that get in the way of obeying him any longer. Now, the fifth reason you might be self-sabotaging is because of something I call misplaced alignment. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, this reason from my experience and what I'm learning is the root of all roots. So what I mean by that is that this is the root of the fear of man. This is the root of unworthiness and so on. So what is misplaced alignment? You know, essentially, it is seeking something in this physical world over seeking Jesus, whether it's seeking comfort or validation or approval or worthiness or success, whatever it is you're seeking, you're seeking it in the world instead of seeking Jesus. So essentially, it looks like your alignment being misaligned with the world instead of being aligned with Jesus, whether you recognize it or not. If you've heard my story, which if you haven't, I highly recommend going back and listening to episode one, I had no idea I was doing this and I was struggling so much with self-sabotage and all of the self-sabotage stemmed from all of these reasons, to be honest, every single one I've listed, but the ultimate reason was this, misplaced alignment. I was seeking success over seeking Jesus. I was seeking comfort over seeking Jesus. And the reason why this is the root of all roots is because if you put your eyes on Jesus, 
all of the other reasons begin to dissipate. And I'm not saying that it's like this miraculous thing that happens. It's usually not. But you begin to recognize what's happening and the Holy Spirit is working within you to help you through this. And it becomes part of your sanctification process to bring you closer to him and to help you help others get closer to him. So what's the solution? Right? Because we need to figure out a solution. Get in your Bible. (laughs) Pray. Use scripture to fight your battles. That is literally the practical and spiritual step today. It just, it really is. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, there will be an episode dedicated to this particular topic sometime in the very near future. And this will be the very first topic we are covering inside of the membership that is launching in April. So make sure you check out the membership details at hannahbrindley.com backslash membership. I would love to see you inside. It is literally an extension of this podcast, so make sure you check it out. But of course, I have some scripture for you right now to write down in your notebook and use as a battle strategy against the enemy, okay? Here they are. John 7, 37 says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Matthew 61, verses 21 through 23 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 1 John 2 verses 16 through 17 says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. John 4 verses 13 through 15 says, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Philippians 4 verses 12 through 13 says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And now, of course, we have to pray. Prayer is your other weapon. Prayer combined with the sword of the spirit, aka the word, are your weapons. Use them. So for this, pray that he helps you replace your obsession with success or comfort or, you know, validation or whatever it is that you're seeking with an obsession for him. Pray that he shows you that your identity is not in your works. It's in him and him alone. So that's it. 
Those are the five reasons you may be self-sabotaging and how to biblically stop it. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you want to chat more about today's show or have any questions whatsoever, please join our free Facebook community because I'm going to be creating threads for every episode moving forward so we can have deeper discussions on these topics. The free Facebook group is called Reclaim to Rain. You should be able to search on Facebook and find it, but I will also have it linked in the show notes for you too. And also, please do not forget about the giveaway. I am literally giving away $100 to someone who shares about this podcast on social media. So make sure you take a screenshot, post it to your stories, and tag me at Hannah Brindley on Instagram or on Facebook. And of course, if you want access to the free lessons from my paid programs, please make sure you leave a rating and a written review over on Apple Podcasts, screenshot the review, and email me at hannah at hannahbrindley.com, and I will make sure you get access as soon as it's released. And that's it. I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye, friend. Hey, queen, don't head out just yet. If this podcast has blessed you in some way, it would mean the absolute world to me if you left a written review of the show over on Apple Podcasts. It truly lights a fire in me knowing how God has impacted you through this platform. And since I absolutely adore connecting with you, please, please, please screenshot this episode or your review and post it on your stories on Instagram and tag me at Hannah Brindley. I can't wait to see you over there. So much love to you.